Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up, everyone? It's Dr. Will Cole, and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam. I started one of the first functional medicine telehealth centers in the world, over a decade ago, and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book, and The Inflammation Spectrum, and Ketotarian. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, the books, and there's lots of free resources there as well, you can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. All right, let's get to today's guest. Her name is Jedediah Bila. She is a mom, a wife, a daughter, and she is a, also a two-time Emmy Award nominee. She's been the host of ABC's The View, Fox News, Fox and Friends Weekend, and the Lifetime special, Abby Tells All. She's the author of Hashtag Do Not Disturb, How I Ghosted My Cell Phone to Take Back My Life, which we talk about in today's conversation. And she's also the author of the brand new book called Dear Hartley, Thoughts on Character, Kindness, and Building a Brighter World, which we go into in today's conversation. And be sure to stay tuned through the whole conversation because at the end of my conversation with Jedediah, I answer one of your burning health questions in another Ask Me Anything. All right, let's get right to it. This is Jedediah Bila's Art of Being Well. Jedediah. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And your ambiance is so serene. It's like, I feel like if I, if I fall asleep, don't yell at me because it's your background (laughs) doing that to me. (laughs) I live in your chaos. So the juxtaposition of your background and my life is quite fascinating. (laughs) Well, you, uh, you know, I'm here 11 hours a day consulting people. So I need to 
like the space that I'm in. So that's, that's why. That's true. I need more of that going on in my world is all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about it all. So this book is, first of all, the cover is so freaking cute. That's my little Your baby. sweet baby. <laughs> that's Hartley, well, yes. What? What was the genesis of the book, Dear Hartley? And by, when people are hearing this, the book is out. It's like coming out on Pub Week. So talk about it. Yes, the book is available for purchase. And it this book is so close to my heart. Basically, I was, you know, I was looking around at the world. The world is so polarized. I was seeing people kind of screaming at each other all the time and angry. And there was just so much craziness going on politically. You know, it's just everyone's always at each other's throats. And I was watching this little boy who was born, he was four months old when COVID struck New York City. He didn't have a lot of contact with other little kids. He kind of grew up in, in a really interesting historically time. And he, I had so much to say to him. I was looking at him and I was saying, I want him to know the value of freedom and, and the importance of character and the importance of what it means to go through heartbreak in life and overcome it and what it means to make assumptions about people and why sometimes the assumptions you make aren't true. I had all of this stuff to say. And I was like, I can't say it all to him right now. He won't understand it all. So I started writing it down and that's how the book began. And I, you know, it's a series of letters. Each letter is a different chapter about a different value. There's a lot of personal stories. There's a lot of mistakes that I've made in my own life. There are some revelations about moments I've had on TV that I wish I had done differently. And it's just a series of things that I wanted him to have as an anchor in his life. You know, we all think of our children and we always say, I wish they could avoid some of the mistakes that I made. I know he won't avoid all of them. And I know I can't prevent him and I don't want to prevent him because we learn from our mistakes. But I figured, you know what, if he's ever feeling lost or if the world gets even crazier than it is today, maybe he will be able to turn to this book no matter what stage of life he's in. He doesn't even have to tell me he's looking at it and just feel grounded in something that's real and, and human um, and valuable. So that's my hope for him. And it's not just for my son. The book was written with the whole next generation in mind with, with, you know, it's written for moms. It's written for dads, aunts, uncles, teachers, college age kids who are kind of navigating their first relationships and figuring out how they feel about issues. It, it really has very broad appeal, I hope. Um, and I hope people will find a bit of themselves in there too. I, I think people will. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about your own, you touch upon your health mm -hmm. journey in the yes. book as well. So can, can we go back to the time when you were diagnosed with Lyme disease and what yeah. that was like? There's so many people listening to the show right now that are struggling with Lyme or other chronic health problems and your journey is so inspirational. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you would, we should probably just go a little further. When I was in college, I had horrible acid reflux horrible. And it was really due to what I was eating, which was garbage. Uh, 24 hours a day, I developed this reflux and I got really interested in food and wellness and the relationship between eating whole food and the body. And I saw my body respond and I actually fixed that entirely with diet. I had had traditional medicine doctors throwing medication at me. It wasn't working. I was getting worse. So that was my, my first kind of discovery into, hold on a second, there's something going on here that a lot of these traditional medicine doctors aren't they're not, they're, they're not plugged into. Everything was going great until I was in my, 
think I was about 34, 35 years old. And I went out to the Hamptons. Everyone thinks of Lyme disease as, oh, you must've been camping. No, I was actually sitting on a deck in the Hamptons. I was only there for 36 hours. It was the first time I had ever been there. I came home. I remember seeing a little rash on my leg that was nothing didn't really even look like a Lyme rash, although truthfully, I wasn't very educated in Lyme disease. I grew up in New York and that's just, you know, in the city, no less. That's not something you think about a lot. The rash was gone in a couple of days. Actually, I found it on a Sunday. I think by the time Monday came, it was already like three quarters faded. I never thought about it. Uh, A few weeks later, I wound up getting night sweats where I would drench the entire bed in sweat and wake up and be like, am I getting sick? What's going on? That had never happened to me before. I went to doctors. I was like, something's wrong. I was tired, but not just tired, fatigued beyond measure. I kept getting told, oh, your blood work's fine. You, you know, are you just stressed out? Are you working too hard? Are you not sleeping enough? And I was like, you know what? I'm an athlete. I typically do all my work and then I go for a run. I hop, you know, over to the gym. This is not my body. Regardless, I was lost. I was like, what do I do? This went on for several months and it got worse. I remember one day sitting in front of the television and my cheek just went numb. And I was like, oh my God, like, did I have a stroke? Like, what is going on? Terrifying stuff. Pins and needles. Ultimately, I got a diagnosis about eight months in from a doctor called me and said, oh, we found it. You have Lyme disease, but don't worry. We caught it early and two weeks of antibiotics, you'll be fine. Sure. First of all, they didn't catch it early. I had been eight months in. And secondly, I took the two weeks of antibiotics, which as you know, when you have Lyme disease, sometimes when you take those, you feel worse. You've somehow angered the bugs. And it left me on a journey that lasted almost three years. Ups and downs. I went through traditional medicine. I took four months of antibiotics. It didn't help me. That's just my personal experience. I got sicker and then my gut was aggravated. So I had all sorts of issues that were intestinal and whatnot. I went to Chinese herbs. They helped a little bit, but I would go up and down and up and down. Some of my symptoms, I remember I was on TV at the time and I would have massive vertigo. So I was trying to read prompter and I would be spinning. I would be holding on to the couch. I was actually on outnumbered at the time, co-hosting and on Fox News. And I would hold onto the couch because I was like, I'm going to go down any second. Tingling, numbness, vertigo. I actually, for a very long time, would walk tilted because I felt like the ground was like this. I was like, I, and they would say, oh, you know, this is just going to go away. This is just post-inflammatory. And I was like, this just, I'm sorry, but like, this does not feel like I'm going in the right direction. I had a lot of crazy symptoms, sleeplessness, horrible fatigue, muscle aches, muscle weakness, a lot of neurological stuff where this side of my face felt really weird. It didn't look weird, but I felt weird. TMJ, I mean, you name it, I had it all. And I was functional, right? So people would look at me and I would be able to work. I was functional. I would go to the gym. I could still exercise. So they were saying, well, how how bad could it be? Mm -hmm. But I got so used to working through discomfort that it became a new way of life. And that didn't mean I felt well. It just meant that I, I was in a constant state of managing symptoms that were really, really scary and uncomfortable. I finally mm-hmm. found a holistic center out in Long Island um, that helped me a lot. They gave me fantastic supplements. They gave me a lot of guidance on food, sleep, stress. They did a lot of IV detoxes that helped me. I know that's unconventional and people will say, well, it worked. I mean, listen, at that point, when you are at that point, you are like, I have tried everything. Show me the way. And I think a lot of incorporating, you know, a lot of what they talked to me about when it came to sleep and stress, 
that really made a big difference, which was very challenging for me. I am a high, strong person, as you know, (laughs) prone to stress type A, not used to before that having to like moderate (laughs) things like exercise or it was a huge adjustment for me, but I got better and I stayed better. So I think the lesson was there is no, for me, food matters, nutrition matters. You can get thrown a curveball in life. At the time I got that curveball, I was not sleeping well. I was not eating well. I was extremely stressed. I do think that's why it affected my body the way that it did. Mm-hmm. But there were big lessons. And I wrote about that in the book because I wanted my kids to know you can't always control what you get dealt in life. You could spend a week in the Hamptons and walk out and guess what? You get Lyme disease and you never intended, like what what, you're lost, Mm -hmm. but you can control some of how your body reacts. You can control the way you think about it. You can control how much sleep you get, how much stress you allow into your circle, the supplements you take, the food you eat. So I didn't want my child to feel powerless because I know that that's, you can fall into that. You know, I had moments where I was like, I I can't do this anymore, but you have to pick yourself up and you have to know the power of the body and the mind. So all of this was, was a a really powerful learning experience for me. And it's, it's stuck with me to this day. I feel, I don't feel the symptoms of Lyme disease anymore, but it stuck with me. It definitely stuck with me. Wow. I mean, right now I'm thinking of the thousands of people that are listening to this right now that have autoimmunity, that have Lyme disease, that have some sort of stealth infection they don't even know why, struggling with chronic fatigue, that your message in the book is going to be such a message of hope. Like what are the things we can control? Mm -hmm. There are some things with these chronic health problems that are outside of our control. And that radical acceptance, but also what can we do? It's such a powerful message. Today's program is brought to you by Athletic Greens the health and wellness company that makes comprehensive daily nutrition really, really simple. With so many stressors in life, it's difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits and give our bodies what it needs to truly thrive. Our busy schedules, poor sleep, exercise, the environment, work stress, or simply not eating enough of the right foods can leave us really deficient in key nutritional areas. And that's why I really love AG1 by Athletic Greens. One tasty scoop of AG1 contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, a probiotic, a green superfood blend, and more in one convenient daily serving. The special blend of high-quality bioavailable ingredients in a scoop of AG1 work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, supporting your energy and focus, aiding with gut health and digestion, and supporting a healthy immune system, effectively replacing multiple products or pills with one healthy, delicious drink. What I really love about AG1 from Athletic Greens is that it's nutrient-dense and very convenient. So a lot of my patients, if they're not getting enough greens or not eating enough of the right foods, I think AG1 is a great way to fill in the gaps in what we need from a nutrient density standpoint. And just one scoop is just jam-packed with so many really important nutrients that are the raw materials for so many different important pathways for our health, for our skin health, for our brain function, for our immune system, for our gut health. I could go on and on. It's just very convenient and very, very healthy. To make it 
super simple. Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune-supporting free one-year supply of vitamin D. It's very generous. And five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit athleticgreens.com slash Will Cole today. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash Will Cole to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. Have you heard about Olipop? I freaking love Olipop. If I had to pick my favorite flavor, it is the vintage cola, but they have so many other flavors as well. Olipop is a new kind of soda. It tastes just like the sodas that you grew up with, but unlike other sodas that are full of sugar, corn syrup, and artificial ingredients like aspartame, Olipop is made with natural ingredients that are actually good for you. Olipop is the fastest growing functional beverage brand in the United States. They have these nostalgic flavors like the vintage cola, which I told you about, classic root beer, orange squeeze, cherry vanilla, strawberry vanilla, and their newest flavor, classic grape. They use functional ingredients that combine the benefits of prebiotics, plant fiber, and botanicals to support your microbiome and benefit your digestive health. 90% of Americans consume more than USDA's daily recommended added sugar intake of 30 grams. Sweetened beverages like soda are the leading sources of added sugar in the United States. But these Olipops are so good because the vintage cola that I love has just two grams of sugar compared to Coca-Cola, which has over 39 grams of sugar. I've worked out a special deal for my listeners. Receive 15% off your first purchase. I recommend trying their variety packs. You can try all of them. Go to drinkolipop.com slash Cole or use code willcole at checkout to claim this amazing deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-O-L-I-P-L-P.com, drinkolipop.com slash willcole. Olipop can also be found in over 5,000 stores across the United States, including Kroger, Whole Foods, Sprouts, and Wegmans. Hi, I'm Pia Berengini, a creative director of LPA, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a dog mom based in Los Angeles. This is my new podcast, Everything is the Best, where we basically ask interesting people, how did you go from zero to yacht? I'm always curious how the hell people became successful, and I figured you would be too. Get on the internet with me. Let's laugh, let's cry, let's overshare, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Check out new episodes every Wednesday. It's all for you, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. Another thing you talk about in the book is COVID. And a lot of yeah. our patients, a lot of my patients over the past year and a half, two years have these chronic issues and then COVID sets them, flares them up and has a setback. What was your experience with COVID? Yeah, right. So I get over Lyme disease and then I get COVID. I mean, it's like, you know, this is what I'm saying though. This is life, right? Life has these curveballs. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. Yes, I got COVID. I I was sick for, I was you know, acutely ill, maybe for about a week. Honestly, it wasn't that terrible for me in terms of, you know, sore throat fever. I had a fever for about a day and a half. I had a sore throat for about a day and a half. I did have some chest heaviness, but I wasn't hospitalized. I didn't have to go to the hospital. My oxygen stayed high. What I did have though, is a few months after that, where I would have odd symptoms, I would get odd temperature deregulation couldn't understand why I would feel like I was coming down with something and then it would just go away the next morning. Mm -hmm. I would, in my fitness journey, I would feel like 
my lungs are not right. And I went for pulmonary testing and they would say, you're fine. I said, you know what? I know my body. I've been down this road of doctors telling me everything's normal when it's not. I felt it. That stuff ultimately did go away for me, luckily. And it didn't last that long, but I did kick into high gear immediately when I got sick. I said to myself, okay, I know about food. I cooked every vegetable I had in the house at the time. I remember every, every piece of fruit, every vegetable, everything I could grab my hands on that felt like a real whole food. I called the center that I had gone to that had helped me with Lyme disease. They sent out supplements. I did everything I could in my power. I meditated, which I'm not good at, by the way. These things do not all come easily to me, but you have to work at them. When you Once you realize there's a benefit, you're like, this is worth it to me. I meditated. I, I tried my hardest to get sleep. One of the reasons I also think I got pretty, you know, I got sick at all from that was because my kid wasn't sleeping at the time. I had a four month old. So it was like, I had just had a baby. My hormones were racing. I had just stopped breastfeeding. My four month old wasn't sleeping. It was like the perfect storm of events. Regardless, I think those lessons that I had learned from the Lyme disease journey carried through. And I remember looking at this little baby and saying, okay, Bila, get it together. Like, you know how to, you know what to do here. It was a really mind over matter situation. I kicked my mind into high gear, high gear. And that made, I think all the difference. And I would also say to people, trust your body. There's, you know, something happens with these autoimmune odd things where you go to doctors and you feel like you are being sidelined. You feel like they're saying, oh, well, are you just, you know, nervous? Are you just anxious? You feel like they don't hear you. Find someone who makes you feel heard because that made all the difference. Once I had a doctor in front of me that was saying, this is real. We're going to figure out what's going on. I'm listening to, to what you're saying. Let's get to the bottom of it. I immediately felt some stress removed from my body. And everyone who's had a chronic illness at any point in their life know that that is absolutely essential. So find that person. I don't care if you have to go through several doctors first. I went, you know, it was multiple doctors I went to, neurologists, all this stuff to get to that person. And that's when the healing started. Man, that is powerful. I, I see it all the time. I, I always tell people, I'm like, it's it's not going to solve all your problems at the beginning, but when you know you're heard and you know you're not being delegitimized or told you're crazy and in so many words, they won't come out and tell you that, but they'll make you feel crazy. Yes. Uh, there's something like cathartic and healing that I see like the weight come off the shoulders. Like I am not alone and mm -hmm. we're going to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's also, you feel like you have some sort of trajectory forward, you know, as opposed to some of these offices you go into and they just say, I don't really know. Um, do you want to take more medication or no, I don't. I want to know why I want to know mm -hmm. a, and I, and I wanted answers. I wanted to know why did I get this? And maybe someone else in another body didn't, do I have mm -hmm. a proclivity toward an autoimmune issue? Like what can I do to get my body in gear so that, you know, something like this doesn't meet that body again, it meets a, a stronger body. So I wanted answers. And I think if you're persistent, I will say that it can get very expensive. And people always say to me, well, you know, you were in a position where you were on TV and you had, you know, money to do this. And I will say when I started my journey with acid reflux, I was a teacher in New York city. I was not sitting on television. I sacrificed every other area of life to buy healthy food. And I will also say, if you are in a position where you feel sick, you will do anything. <laughs> you will do anything to fix it because if you don't have your health, you have nothing. So if anyone feels like, should I spend this money? What do I do? I always tell them an investment in your health for me 
above all else, because you could be, you could have everything in the world. If you don't feel well, you have, you feel like you have Mm -hmm. nothing. So, um, I think there's ways to do it, especially, and I, and I did do it in many ways. And and even when I got Lyme disease, I was not hosting, you know, I was not sitting in a, (laughs) believe me, I was not making that much money. I I had to cut corners, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to cut corners everywhere else, but not with my body. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well said. So you talk about stress management and, and meditation, not being great at it, but it being such a pivotal part of your healing. And then I think about your career and like being on the view and like that constant, not that it was the same timeline, but if we're talking about chronic stress and like being on TV, having to like hold your own and like always be defending yourself. And then on Fox News again, which can be very polarizing as well. What was that like, like being in that industry, which is a high stress industry, like any advice for people that are out there and maybe have a stress in their job in, in their own unique way? Yeah, I mean, it, and, and some of those timelines did cross. I remember being on The View and even though I wasn't in the acute stage of Lyme disease, when, when you're on The View, you have to walk, you walk out and you wave to the audience and you have to get to your chair. And I remember being like, can I get there without falling? Because once I was seated, I was like, okay, if I'm spinning, but I'm seated, I'm okay. But if I'm spinning dizzy and I'm mm-hmm. walking, oh my gosh. And my mom used to say to me, AJ, my nickname is AJ. She said, AJ, don't worry. Even if you fall, it'll be great TV because she wanted to make me laugh. <laughs> but yes, these things take a, a, a toll. Absolutely. And I, you know, I'm kind of unique in my opinions in the sense that I feel like sometimes I'm making everyone mad because I don't tell a line and I say what I really believe and I don't please corporate media and I'm, I don't defend a politician at all costs. And I'm in a political arena where people often really pick sides. And, and I'm very, you know, vocal about how I feel. I feel very strongly about these things. What I will say to people, is find things in your life that bring you peace and and think of them in those moments. Like I remember going on set and before I would go on set, I would spend two minutes in my dressing room and I would think of all of the things that day that were going to make me smile and bring me peace. And it would just be a visual journey for me. And then I would go on there and I would feel like I had had a ray of sunshine right before I headed on stage. And I would do the same thing sometimes afterward. Also make your life outside of your work full of things that you really enjoy. So for me, that's exercise, that's nature, that's listening to music and dancing around like a maniac. Um, You know, it's having lunch with a friend, whatever that is, if it's reading a book, I don't care what it is. If it's, you know, watching something on Netflix, sometimes I throw on, you know, 90s television shows and I watch them because they make me smile. So find those things and let them kind of bring your adrenaline back down and find that balance. And if you're struggling with chronic illness, you know, through say you're, you know, you're suffering with that and you have to still go to work, just remember, do the best you can. And that's it. That is it. That is all you can do in life. Stop worrying about having to be at a 10 if that day you feel like a six. Do the, if, if six is your best, that's okay. Tell yourself that over and over and over again. Because I think in, in America, oftentimes we strive and we're always like, you know, you want to make more money. You're ambitious. You want to, you know, buy this or that. That's all great. But, you know, if you're going through something, let yourself have that moment to go through it. And don't worry about what anyone else is saying. That's the point that I got to. But yeah, stress is real and it's powerful. I bought, you know, I recently bought, actually because of you, I recently <laughs> bought a, a little mini sauna blanket 
And I have to say, I put, I was very skeptical, Dr. Cole. I was like, this is not going to work. I put that little sauna blanket around me. And let me tell you something. I was like, I'm in Malibu. I love that thing. So it's like, you know, find that thing. You know, I like to watch The Bachelor. I enjoy it every Monday night, you know, or I think it's on Tuesdays now, but I'll say to my husband, it's bachelor time. And he's like, oh no, but I watch it because it, it made it. I feel my endorphin rush, whatever those things are, do them, do them and enjoy them. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Malibu. <laughs> I know I saw it a blanket. Higher dose. Shout out to higher dose. Higher dose. It's fantastic. In fact, now I'm like, do I need a bigger sauna? Do I want to be able to sit? I saw one where your arms are planted through. I have a red light for, you know, the wrinkle prevention. You sit under the red light. I love it. Um, It puts me, puts me, it enables me to take a nap, which is like nothing short of a miracle. So it's possible. (laughs) So find the things you love, embrace them. And I wanted my kid, you know, when I wrote the book, I, 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 tell him that. I have chapters called inner spaces and outer spaces about making your home and making your life full of things that balance out the stressors of life, which are going to happen. Fill your home Mm -hmm. with pictures of things that you look at and smile. Or, you know, I have a a take sign, an acting take sign that you see on sets, you know, those black and white signs where it's like Mm -hmm. action. I have that around here because I look at that and I love film and television sets and immediately puts a smile on my face. So fill your homes and your life with the things that bring you joy. And I promise you, you will feel that physically no matter what's going on. I love it. Great advice. So I have a pressing question. You mentioned 90s television show. What's your favorite 90s television show? Oh, my. I can't believe you don't know this based on you don't follow my social media closely enough, Dr. Cole. 90210. I love. Okay, I love 90210 and Dawson's Creek. Okay, Um, Felicity. People at home are listening to this right now are like, wow, she's serious about that. I'm serious. <laughs> well, I'm, it must be something about the algorithm because I didn't see you're posting about 90210. I'll have to follow more I'm going to have to update and post on that more. But yeah, I love it. I mean, I could, oh, please, we could have a whole debate on on these shows. And you're like, thank God we're not. But <laughs> No, I, I love 90s television show. I mean, I'm a big fan of Full House. Amazing. And I know Candace so, well, so. <laughs> okay, shout out to Candace. And I love Family Matters is great. Step by step. Like all the TGIF shows, in my opinion. Oh, yes. Great TV. See, I was like into the dramas. You okay, know, like yeah. nine or ten. Well, I was, you know, I was in love with Dylan McKay for for quite some time, and I, I just, <laughs> you know, I, I, it was like high school dramas, and I was in high school, so I was like figuring out love and, yeah. But that stuff, I feel like also like. And that's a great point that you're bringing up is, you know, I know my dad, for example, always listens to fifties music when he wants to feel good, reminds him of his youth. He feels like he dances, he gets into it. So that's like a perfect example. I turned to nineties, you turned to TGIF, find whatever it is that makes you smile and just like turn that volume up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and speaking of TGIF, one of your, like I, Barbara Walters, it was 2020, but like ended out the, the TGIF that was like. I still watch that because I was a nerd as a kid. I, I liked 2020. Oh, you did? And, as a kid? Oh, oh, yeah. I was just, my team makes fun of me because I always talk about 2020, Hugh Downs, Barbara Walters. I was a strange kid. <laughs> you were, a, they, you know, they may have called you strange then, but look at you now. You're like wildly <laughs> right. successful, brilliant doctor. So maybe strange was the way to go back then. <laughs> maybe I should have turned on some 2020 instead of 90210. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about parenting and eating healthy. So Mm -hmm. uh, how old is Hartley right now? Hartley's going to be two in, yeah, his birthday is in 
in days actually from the release. So <laughs> oh, awesome. So what, what advice do you have of parents of younger kids, of toddlers, school-age kids that are like, man, there's so much out there as far as junk food marketed to kids. Like yeah. what do you, what recommendations do you have? So, and I write about this a lot. Moms, dads, you know, if you're dealing with kids who are tough eaters, who are picky eaters, I, there's a whole chapter called mealtime. I talk about all the mistakes I made down to how, when I first started feeding Hartley, I would feed him first because he was so picky. And I was like, I just need him to eat, but he missed out on the whole dinner table experience. So he missed out on the conversation and all of the learning and important lessons that went with that. But what we try to do is, and he's very picky. I mean, right now we're in a stage where he likes, he has taken to some meats. I order organic meats from a farm that we love and I order seafood from Alaska. And I'm, I'm kind of, you know, crazy with the, the whole food angle of things, but he wouldn't eat meat for a long time, but now he's taken to it. Of course, I have to put a little bit of almond butter on, on his meat or he won't eat it if you would believe it. So I think it's a little bit of give and take. You have to understand these are toddlers. They're not going to do everything that you say. But what I try to do is everything he eats is a whole food. So if he wants, I realize he's a kid and I want him to be a kid. When I was a kid, I ate a lot of junk. I want him to eat a cookie. Like that's enjoyable. So I bake them. I bake them at home for him and I use wholesome ingredients. You know, I'll use almond butter and coconut oil and dark, a little bit of dark chocolate. And you're like analyzing my ingredients right now, Dr. Cole, you know it. But, you know, I use things that I feel like good about, you know, okay, this is a mm -hmm. wholesome treat. Um, I try to give him vegetables and he's not great with some textural stuff. He doesn't like the texture of broccoli. So what I wound up doing is I said, you know what? I'm going to blend some of this in with some applesauce. And now he eats these big bowls of, he doesn't know he's eating blended tomato and cucumber and zucchini and squash, but applesauce is mixed in that's homemade also. So you have to kind of figure that out. And I know some parents have a philosophy of, and my husband is, is one of these people who will say, let's just put the food down. He has to eat what's there. I give a little more leeway and I say, you know what? He's a baby. And I want him to get those nutrients in. So you figure out, you know, what can you add to something? Um, but you have to kind of, again, and this was very hard for me, take a breath, right? Because you can become obsessive over what kids do and don't eat. My rule is he's not eating store-bought store gar garbage. And I know he will at some point go to a friend's house and there will be Oreos. I want him to have a piece of cake at a birthday party. I want him to live and be a normal kid. Absolutely go out there, enjoy the birthday party, enjoy the holiday. But as a regular way of life, I want his taste buds to know the difference because now if I were to eat some ice cream off of an ice cream truck, I would get sick or I wouldn't like it. I'd be like, this tastes like I ate a piece of candy once over the past year, one little piece. And I said, oh, this tastes like chemicals. I didn't like it anymore. So I would love mm -hmm. for his body to have as its normal, good, healthy, nutritious, whole foods and let that deviation into, you know, mm -hmm. the birthday party. He's going to have pizza at a birthday party. I don't want him to feel like he can't. He's a kid, but I want him to know the difference. And I want him to pay yeah. attention to how his body feels when he comes home after eating that pizza versus eating mommy's homemade cauliflower crust veggie pizza. You know, you're going to feel different. So let him go through that and learn. But I think the biggest lesson is take a breath, give your show yourself some grace because kids are tough when it comes to eating and get creative. You know, like one night I made some little cocoa thing and I put spinach in it. 
he didn't know there was spinach in there, but he ate it all. (laughs) I got it in, you know, but yeah, I'm not a box. I I walk down the the aisles at the grocery store and I cry. I can't even read half of the ingredients, you know, Mm -hmm. all of these artificial colors and my kid's not going that route. Not at least not in my house. (laughs) Yeah. Such great advice. And it's measured. It's balanced. It's, it's practical. Reaching your intermittent fasting goals can be a challenge sometimes due to hunger, mental focus, a dip in your energy, or emotional hanger. You know, hangry is hungry and angry is evil spawn. It's no fun. But one of my secret intermittent fasting weapons is the fast bar for my friends at El Nutra. It's been shown in studies to curb your hunger without breaking your fast. So you can fast for longer. It allows you to have a more effective fasting state. The fast bar by El Nutra does not spike, raise, increase your blood sugar levels. It's similar to a water only fast, but you get to eat this very delicious bar. Benefits were seen in a randomized control study of 105 adults after a 15 hour overnight fast, comparing the glucose and ketone results every hour for four hours in the fast bar groups in a study and the data is on file from that, from El Nutra. The fast bar is the only bar scientifically formulated for intermittent fasting. And you can use code WillCole for an additional 10% off the already discounted products at fastbar.com. You, they have five different flavors. They have nuts and honey, cacao chip, dark cocoa, lemon berry, and blueberry acai. Check them out. Go to fastbar.com. Use code Will Cole for an additional 10% off these already discounted products. As the holidays are approaching and my schedule gets even crazier, I'm using Propolis every day to help support my immune system and keep my body healthy when I start to feel run down. I take B Immune Propolis Throat Spray as a daily ritual to support my immune system and I spray it when I'm having maybe a scratchy throat from talking too much to patients all day long or for the podcast. It's just great. Whether I'm having a scratchy throat or not, I love it to support my immune system. It's easy to use. It's very effective. And you can bring it everywhere with you, and it tastes so delicious. Just four sprays daily supports immune health and helps keep you feeling your best all the time. I know it works for me. Bee propolis acts as the bee's medicine, and it also contains vitamin Bs, vitamin C, zinc, and over 300 beneficial compounds and minerals that are amazing for the human immune system. Today, Beekeepers Naturals is offering you an exclusive offer. Go to beekeepersnaturals.com slash or enter code WillCoal to get 25% off your first order. That's B-E-E-K-E-E. P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S, beekeepersnaturals.com slash Will Cole, or enter code Will Cole at checkout for that 25% off your first order. Start feeling better every day today. All right, my friend, this part of the podcast, it's, I mean, you know, the podcast is called The Art of Being Well. This is your art of being well. This is Jedediah Bilo's Art of Being Well. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to throw you a question. It's going to be just different. I basically want to learn about your favorite things within wellness. 
Oh, are you up for this? Yeah, I'm ready. I hope I know okay. what they all are. You know, you have you have very broad <laughs> knowledge, Dr. Cole. Let's see. No, if I... Oh, please. This is okay. your favorite things. That's okay. all about you. All right. Question number one. If you're stuck on a desert island and you're looking to survive nutrient density, one food only, what would that food be? Um, a grass-fed beef burger. Love it. I know you love mangoes too. I thought you were going to say mangoes. Oh, you know what? I've been I've been listening to you, and as a result, have stopped eating five mangoes in the morning for breakfast. And people will laugh, but I actually was doing that. I was eating a lot of fruit, but I've found that I didn't eat beef for a long time, and now that I am eating it, my body feels feels wonderful. It feels like it's been missing something. So I always tell people, listen to your body. So today it would be a grass fed beef patty. I love it. And mangoes are good too. You could have mangoes and beef. There you go. Maybe not um, five or six for breakfast though. You maybe know, not five or six, saying. maybe one or two, maybe one there or two go. mangoes. There you go. <laughs> and that I was I, in my mind, you remember the nineties SNL skit with mango and he was like oh. in a club. Oh, you need to check this out on YouTube. It's hysterical. I, fr- I, Katan, I forget his name. Anyways, it's a really funny 90s SNL skit of mango. You'll you'll love this. All right, next question. Completely opposite. And your taste buds have changed. I think that's a great point. Thanks for highlighting that. So, and a lot of our patients see that too. They'll have the food that they used to think that they really like loved and crave, but it's like not a big deal anymore because they just have moved on to bigger and better things for their lives. So, but this point in your life, one food for the rest of your life, purely on taste and deliciousness, what would that food be? I have a horrible sweet tooth, vanilla cake with vanilla icing. And here's the thing on that. I don't like the taste of boxed cake anymore. That's what I'm saying Mm -hmm. when I say stuff sounds, you know, tastes like chemical, but I never lost the taste for like, if you make that with some homemade maple syrup and you, you know, I never lost the taste for sweets. If they're wholesome, I could still eat a whole sheet cake. In fact, at one point I was eating a sheet (laughs) cake a week. Perhaps that didn't help with the Lyme disease protocol that I was on at the time, but yeah, that or pizza, uh, which is Mm. funny because I don't eat wheat or dairy right now. So that kind of makes it impossible, but I could eat pizza all day long. Yeah, I would say I love those too. Have you ever had Simple Mills almond flour cupcakes? Or they have a cake mix too. It's almond flour. Hmm. You can use any really sweetener that you want. You can use maple syrup, coconut sugar, vanilla icing. That's better ingredients too. Coconut oils in there. It still has sugar in it. So it's so by no means like a health, health food, but it's a better alternative. It's all more wholesome ingredients, right. like you said. So I haven't good. had those, but a good friend of mine loves to cook and bake. So he will occasionally make stuff like that. And I just, I mean, it's my heaven. You know, and that's the thing, like, you're not going to get rid of, you may not like the taste of Swedish fish anymore. I don't, I can't eat any of that stuff. It just, it doesn't taste good, but man, you give me a wholesome cupcake, give me five more, you know? (laughs) So I love them. So yeah. I I love them too. All right. Next question. What are two supplements that have been the biggest game changers for you? Oh, that's a great question. I like my probiotic. I feel like that makes a huge difference. It has to be a good one that you, I find that, you know, probiotics, sometimes one doesn't sit well, another one sits well, you would know more the science behind that, but probiotic would be number one. And I think I would go with, I'm a big vitamin C girl. And yeah, I just feel like when I take vitamin C, I I feel more rejuvenated. So those would be my two, but I take about 30 now. I take a lot of supplements. So, but those two, I actually really like. 
Love it. All right. What's your latest, and maybe you answer this with the with the sauna blanket, but if you have another one, like the latest biohack or wellness tool that you really love that's not a food and not a supplement? I do love the sauna blanket. I also like for skincare because I don't do injectables or anything like that. I like my gua sha stones. I feel they relax cool. my face a lot. And I, I have red light therapy for my skin, which I do for my skin, but I also do as an overall wellness. Like I said, when I sit under there, I calm down. I feel like I can take a little nap. Even if it's like a 10 minute nap, it feels really, really good. So I think those would be my two. And I also really like um, clean beauty products, just application. I'm, I'm into like beauty products. So anything cool. that's clean and feels wholesome, I love. Cool. That's actually one of my questions. I'll ask that next. That's a good segue. What is like one skincare product people love that listen to the show? They want to know what's your favorite clean beauty product? So I like a good vitamin C serum. I feel like that makes a huge difference. I use one from Jeanette All Natural Skincare. Uh, people can look at my social actually at Jetta Diabila on Instagram. I've interviewed her. She has a great product line. I also like, plain, it sounds very simple, but organic jojoba oil. That's what I use to apply my, with my gua sha stone. Cool. And I really, I, for a long time, I had very oily skin and my skin would break out a little bit and I shied away from oils. There's also a great oil, sea buckthorn from Living Libations. I just dream about it at night. The oils sometimes actually balance your skin really well. So I mm -hmm. love skincare. I love beauty products, but those would be probably my three. Cool. All right. What's one wellness myth that you would like to dispel? Maybe through your own journey or anything you'd like to clear up wellness myth or it could be even within your industry i'd be interested to see with 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 anything that you would like to settle that you think you hear well, a lot on social media that people get wrong what really bothers me is when people are all in on one way of eating because every single body is different so it always bothers me when people say this is the plan it may not be the plan for me. It may like that always, you know, I, I think I could eat one way, you could eat one way, but I might need a little tweak in there. Yeah. Everyone starts out with different deficiencies. Everyone needs more of this or that. I feel like women have a lot of, you know, do you have a hormonal issue? Is it like you're reactive to different foods? So I don't think there's one way of eating. And that always bugs me. I think, you know, don't eat processed foods is pretty safe for everyone to say, but I think there's mm -hmm. some nuance in there that I wish I saw more of. And also just not a wellness myth, but I wish people wouldn't say, oh, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. You don't really need sleep is so important. And I worked a job at one point where I had to wake up at three o'clock in the morning. And let me tell you, I had digestive issues. I was having a lot of my body was reacting really badly because it was missing that key sleep. So people who say that just don't know what they're mm -hmm. talking about and they're going to wind up with issues if they're not sleeping. That's just the bottom line. Yeah. Great. I agree wholeheartedly. Next question. What is one, you mentioned meditation. I want to know like what's a spiritual practice or a mindfulness practice that's really been helpful for you. And if it's meditation, like what type of meditation do you do? I'm terrible at meditation. Terrible. I mean, you know, I do like five minute meditations because my mind is, you know, I have a mind that races. So five minute meditations work for me, but you know, I, I can't get past that yet. I'm working on it. For mm -hmm. me, honestly, if I go out for a walk and I don't put music on, I don't have a phone and I just listen to nature sounds, meaning, you know, the rustling of leaves or that is incredibly calming for me. It kind of recenters my whole body. I also really love the sound of water. 
So anytime I can hear water or be near water and just take that time to, to only hear that, it immediately puts me into a calm. And the one big thing that I did, I wrote about this in my last book, Do Not Disturb. If people are interested in technology and how it's ruining all of us, by the way, you should look at that one. But I took the phone out of my bedroom. When you take that phone out of your bedroom, it makes an enormous difference because studies show that even if the phone is off, the fact that you know it's there actually interferes with your sleep patterns um, because Mm. you have an inclination to want to look at it. Even if you can't, or even if you put it on airplane mode, it doesn't matter. It's there and it's interrupting your sleep patterns. So that was a big one for me. Wow. Those are great tips. I want to, I haven't read that book yet. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Hashtag do not disturb. It was, that was a a journey where I got addicted to my cell phone and that also had health ramifications. And it was my journey to uncover how Silicon Valley utilizes these apps, social media in particular to get us addicted and what it really does to you, especially children, when you're staring at these all the time and what it does to society, to relationships. I told a bunch of stories about an ex-boyfriend and got a little crazy, that book, but it's good stuff. <laughs> if people want to check that yeah. out, feel free. It sounds great. I mean, what do you, since we're on that topic, I'm curious, like what recommendations you mentioned at night, but like in general, how do you have a healthier balance with with your phone mm-hmm. and social media and, and and all of that. Yeah, it's it's very challenging, especially in my industry where I'm, you know, I have to have social media, I have to be active, and all of my work really comes through my phone. So I, you know, like I said, I don't allow the phone in the bedroom. My husband and I don't have phones in the bedroom. We don't have phones at the dinner table. So Hartley has that experience of knowing that electronics are not at the table. And what I found is I don't leave things also on a constant loop. So you know how people, and I did this for years, leave the television on in the background all the time, like this constant droning. It's actually quite disruptive and, and makes your whole anatomy kind of clench. So what I do is if I want to watch a show, we turn it on, we watch it, and then that ends. And finding room in your day for quiet. I remember once my mom walked into the house and was like, it's so quiet in here. And it was because there was no TV on. You know, sometimes I'll put on like soft music in the background. But I really, I remove the phone from key moments. If I take the baby for a walk, it's just him and I. And I'm waiting, you know, for those moments to connect with him and for him to kind of, you know, babble at me. And and you miss a lot of that when you're buried in a phone. Also with dating, people out there who might be in that stage of dating, these phones ruin all of that. You know, those moments, those person-to-person eye contact moments make such a big difference. There's, you you see, you go on a date with somebody and they're staring at their phone, you're, you instantly feel unimportant. I mean, mm-hmm. you instantly feel like that person has more important things to do, which is yeah. not how you want to start. So getting the phones out of those important moments and, and not using the phone for important things like, hey, you want to move in with me? Or, hey, you want to, um, you know, maybe we shouldn't see each other anymore. Or, you know, hey, can I talk to you about blah, blah, blah. If it's important, you know, that's make those those moments happen in person, not through a text message. So it's, it's a lot of kind of retraining the way you do things, but it makes mm-hmm. a huge difference, not only in terms of how you feel, but in terms of how those people around you feel that you feel about them. So mm-hmm. it just levels up like your all of your relationships and your sanity. And I also mm-hmm. get off social media when like there's a time at night where that's it for me. So set that time for yourself and say enough because social media could drive you absolutely mad. And it's program. Mm-hmm. Remember, these things are programmed to get you addicted. There are, mm-hmm. they study behavioral um, science 
They know how what they need to do. It's, it's basically like an algorithm. They know what they need to do to get you to click and click and click. So once you realize mm-hmm. that you're being puppeteered, people don't like that. And they're like, wait mm-hmm. a minute, I don't want to be puppeteered. And you yeah. know, game over here. So make yeah. your own rules. Love it. All right. What is a book? And obviously everybody's going to get Dear Hartley, but for the past year for yourself, what's a book that you've read that's really inspired you or maybe maybe made you think in a, in a fresh way? You know, I read Jessica Simpson's memoir. Gosh, I wish I, I don't, I don't remember the name of it. I, I, that's the book I read recently and I kind of loved it because it was vulnerable and open. She talked about her relationship with Nick Lachey. She talked about choices she had made in her family and she talked about, it was just very raw. And I feel like sometimes we're very hesitant to share aspects of our personal life because we don't want to seem weak or we don't want to be judged. I myself, like writing this book, got really worried in this very polarized time about putting my kid's face on the cover. Like, are they going to target him? Are they going to like, you know, I, it's just a very, it's, it's, it's a time in the world that people are very angry and upset, Mm -hmm. but I read her book and I, I, I actually read her book while I was, you know, doing my edits, my final edits on this uh, book. And I said, you know what? I love that she did that. Maybe someone will like that I did this. Just, you know, the ability to put it out there, I found very inspiring. And I thought it was really well-written and it felt real. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you read a memoir and you're like, who wrote this? You know, it right. feels detached Sterile. from the person. It felt like the person that I had seen in interviews and the person I had seen perform. And I think there were a lot of really good lessons there, particularly with, you know, self-discovery and relationships. So I really liked it. I wish I could remember the name. I don't want to check well, because I have you on. But okay. we'll Jessica put the... Simpson's memoir, it's a good one. Yeah. I'll, we'll put the link in the show notes so people cool. can get it. All right. So what's next? I'm so curious. Like you're, the, the book's coming out. What's next for you professionally? Well, there's going to be a big, nice, big media tour for the book where I'm going to talk about a lot of stuff. And, you know, I can get controversial. I throw my politics out there. So be ready. <laughs> but there's going to be a lot of that. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes that I'm... What I really am passionate about at this stage of my career is A, having a real conversation with people. I'm tired of the... I'm not interested in a split screen with two people who you've, you know, decided feel differently and then they spew a bunch of talking points and end of story. That doesn't interest me anymore. I'm interested in a real conversation. And I'm also interested in an unfiltered conversation. So I love the podcasting space and I love spaces where you're just you. You tell people what you really think. You're not governed by, you know, a corporate media entity that is saying you can say this, you can't say that. And you build something for yourself that then you feel, you know what, through through every stage of life, I will have this to um to be true to and to to bond with an audience over. So people should expect some stuff from me that's true, authentic, and mine. (laughs) That's all I can say right now, but it's going to be, it's going to be a fun ride. (laughs) You know, my vote, my vote is you need a podcast. You do all the other things you want to, but you need a podcast. Everyone says that to me. I know. I, you know what the (laughs) thing is, and I love radio. Um, I love radio and I love podcasting. I do love television. I, I just, what I don't love about television is sometimes having to fit into a box and real mm-hmm. free thinking, honest people don't fit into a box. They mm-hmm. don't do it. They don't like it. So what you wind up being is some version of yourself that you don't recognize. And I will never do that again. So I've been there, you know, and I've had to kind of on air kind of been like, wait a second, hold on and like check myself. Mm-hmm. So it's much easier when you're just able to be you freely. That's where I'm headed. Love it. Love <laughs> it. I, it's, I saw a shirt that Michael Bostick, who's the head of Dear Media, had on the, on the other day, and it said, think while it's still legal. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And that is, you know, I tell people, 
please disagree with me. Like I welcome it. Agree with me, disagree with me, fact check me, do whatever. You know, I, I, I wrote this book because I feel strongly about freedom. And I don't like that. I feel like my kid could be growing up in a world where he's not free, where he's not free to make decisions for himself about, you know, how he feels about things and vocalize them without, you know, punishment where he, I don't want him going into a school and feeling like he can't voice his opinion because that's not an accepted opinion, whatever that means. You know, I, I want him to be able to make choices about his body and his health that he makes for himself. So, you know, I say I'm here to protect the freedom of the people who agree and disagree with me. And that's really important to me. So that's woven throughout the book as well. And I hope that people will give it a shot and, you know, bring it into your family and let me know what you think. Really, if you agree with me about how I handled mealtime, like I want to hear it. You know, <laughs> if you have a different experience with your kid, like I want to hear it. Let's uh, let's explore this whole parenting thing together. <laughs> Love it. So how can people connect with you? How can they get the book? Yeah, they can get the book on Amazon. Actually, there's a, a link uh, on my page, on my website, jettadiabila.com that links out. So you can go to Books A Million, you can go to Amazon, you can go to Barnes & Noble, you can get it, you know, wherever everyone has their own place that they like to buy books. And I also recorded the audiobook myself. So you'll hear that in my own words, which I think is kind of special when it's a series of letters. People can follow me on Instagram at jettadiabila, Twitter at jettadiabila. I just got on TikTok. I don't know what I'm doing. So you can wait <laughs> on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I have lots to say. And I, I love when people like, let me know how they feel about something. So I welcome that. And, and if you have any questions about a health journey, obviously like reach out to me too, because I've certainly been there and done that. So. Thank you, my friend. This has been a great conversation. I appreciate you come again anytime. Thank you so much. You're doing great work, even though your gut protocol is very intensive. <laughs> I didn't even bring that up, but. No, but. <laughs> Let's talk about it, but no. Let's maybe just that. say that if you intend to do Dr. Cole's <laughs> gut protocol, be ready because he's not playing. <laughs> We're going to get that gut, the healthiest gut in New York City. There you go. Just in time for me to move to Texas. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Thank you, doctor. And thank you to your audience for listening as well. At the end of every episode, I'll be answering a question from one of you guys. Nothing is off limits. Ask me anything. And you can send your questions over to me on Instagram or Facebook. As a functional medicine practitioner, it's been fun seeing the questions that have already come in on different food philosophies, wellness trends, and ways to approach overall mental, emotional, and physical health and well-being. Thanks for those. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else is on your mind. Now it's time for another Ask Me Anything. Today's question came from Instagram, and the question is from Jamie. And it's a very short question, but it's, it's a long answer. But the question is, is coffee healthy or not? That's actually a question that I get asked a lot from patients, of course, but yes, on social media, what are my thoughts on coffee? Um, well, it depends on who's drinking it and the type of coffee that they are drinking it because it can be a great tool for some people to support brain function, support energy levels, has antioxidants, it, the caffeine and the polyphenols support lipolysis or fat burning. There's a lot of potential benefits for healthy coffee consumption. There are a lot of variables to consider though, because even healthy things or decent things, what works for one person may not work for the next person. That's bio-individuality. That's the heart of functional medicine. 
So there's a few things that I think of because for some people, they have coffee, it makes them really anxious and it it really causes them to feel miserable as far as anxiety and trouble falling asleep or staying asleep, even if they have it in the morning. People, other people can get digestive problems, acid reflux that hurts their stomach because of the acidity. The next person, it's wonderful and they have it and they enjoy it and they have no problems with it. So we have to look at the gut health of the person that's drinking it. We have to look at do they have anxiety or do they have any heartbeat issues or blood pressure issues because the more that they drink, that could cause a problem. And there's a specific genetic component and a lot of things are epigenetics as far as gut health, et cetera, that we're looking at and the, or the level of health that they are at. But there is a specific gene called the CYP1A2 gene, which is a detoxification gene. It's one of the gene variants that I look at at with patients and in addition to all the blood tests and the gut health labs as well. But we're looking at genetics as a component of not just for caffeinated beverages like coffee, but for a lot of different things when it comes to how your body metabolizes foods that we eat. But this is known as the caffeine gene in some studies, and there are slow metabolizers and fast metabolizers of caffeine. And the fast metabolizers of caffeine Studies have shown the more that they drink actually gets some of the cardioprotective health benefits of coffee because of the antioxidants or the brain boosting benefits of coffee. And it does increase GI motility so it can help people stay regular for the day. So there's a lot of potential great benefits for some people. But the people that have the slower, that are slower, slower metabolizers of coffee, they have slower CYP1A2 gene variants. The more that they drank, there's studies that show it increases the anxiety, increases the negative, the negative health benefits of, of coffee. So it's about context, like everything in this show of this one thing that you've learned, it's context matters and bioindividuality reigns true for health and so many other things in our world. And that's what the art of being well is is all about. It's finding out your art of being well. Uh, so coffee is great for some people. Another thing to think about is the quality of the coffee. Organic, I would recommend it's third-party tested for mold because I, I see a lot of patients that ha- are mold sensitive, that have some mycotoxicity. If you haven't checked out that episode on mycotoxins or mold toxins, definitely need to check that out because Coffee is a crop that can be higher in mold. So people that are mold sensitive, it may not be the caffeine, it may be not the coffee itself, it may be the mold toxins in the coffee. And this isn't meant to be alarmist or be super fearful about foods like coffee, but it's just something to consider for some people. Um, So these are the things I'm thinking about. Organic, make sure it's third-party tested. The companies out there like Purity Coffee, which I have no financial connection to, um, but they're one brand that comes to mind that actually does all these uh, third-party testings to make sure that it's clean, make sure it's low acidic, make sure that it's low mold. And also Dave Asprey is starting a new coffee company, which I don't think is released yet, but stay tuned for his new company too. He's going to level up the industry as he always does. Check out the episode with Dave Asprey if you haven't. Great conversation, my friend. But yes, Purity Coffee is another one. But there you go. Is coffee healthy or not? depends. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. 
If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon.